For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we're here to talk and continue with our expectations series today. And today we have an interesting one. Normally, we do not take related players, but because our friend Caleb Wharton, a good friend of the show, did a lot of work on uh, wide receiver devaluation, wanted it before, we're doing Jordan Stout and Justin Tucker together. So, uh, Caleb, really appreciate you joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Ken. I appreciate it. Uh, always, always a pleasure. And uh, uh, Jordan Stout, an interesting case because coming into this draft, I think a lot of people had Matt Ariza at the top of their punting boards, and uh, you know they are uh, different kickers or different punters in a in a in some significant ways. So let's maybe talk about that briefly in terms of the background here, because uh, a lot of uh, at, you know length of distance punting statistics certainly favored Ariza, but uh, the more advanced punting statistics favored uh, uh, Jordan Stout pretty significantly. Yeah, I was a little embarrassed by the whole Ariza Stout thing because I was focusing on Ariza too. And I was excited when we were getting into the fourth and the fifth that, that they might have gone with him. And I'm a Penn State fan. I watched Stout. You know, I was aware of him and, and his quality as a player, but he still caught me by surprise. But, you know, I love it when the Ravens do something I don't expect. And, and in this case, it, it, it kind of put me down the rabbit hole of punting stats, trying to trying to learn, okay, what didn't I understand about this situation that, that, that made the Ravens do what they did? As you said, Ken, you know, once you look at the, even casually at the advanced stats, it's pretty obvious why they went with Stout. But, you know, maybe some of your listeners aren't aware. I think the biggest thing is that Ariza had the hype cycle going with all of his fancy highlights, and he had, for the casual fan, the, these average punting yards, the issue is that he basically addressed punts like kickoffs 
And part of me wonders mm-hmm. if he was coached to do that. Maybe his the special teams was really bad at the school that he was on and they just didn't want to give the other team a chance to return at all. But regardless, that's not what he's going to be asked to do in, in the league. And Stout did you know, something much closer to what I think he's going to do in the league. He went for hang time. He, he, you know, he went for placement. He put, it in, he put his team in the best position to, to limit the return. So his net punting yards yeah. was quite a bit better. Yeah, but. and it, it really shows up in a variety of metrics. And it's not just even net punting yards, while very good, doesn't really get at field position when touchbacks are considered. So on punts between the 30... Uh, a, a 30s, which is you know slimming the universe down. And we could even talk about about how all punts between the 30s are not equivalent, but I don't want to go too far into this. On punts between the 30s, uh, Ariza had a 29% touchback rate and it was only 6% for Stout. So you can already tell from from that things are going to be a little bit in uh, in uh, uh, Stout's favor since uh, Cook was not a big touchback guy either. He, he avoided a lot of those. The in 10 percentage uh, I believe was over 50% for Stout, yeah, which is incredible in 10, not, not in 20. Yeah. And the average starting field position, well, which is probably the, the most important statistic is- of all, uh, you know, related to those punts. And they, they, they wouldn't exactly have mapped e- exactly equally. We're 16. The average was the 16 for Ariza and the, and the 12 for Stout. So a lot of that weighting comes of course, from the, from the number of touchbacks involved. Yeah, I saw the stats and, and, you know, the funny thing is that spoke to such a level of control that I was surprised when Cook made those comments about, oh, he's, he's a big leg, and, you know, and that's what you're supposed to be in college. You're supposed to be a big leg, but we're going to teach him, you know, all control and precision and all this sort of thing. I think that's Cook's perfectionism showing through. I think Stout is a remarkably polished college punter, and I don't think he's necessarily getting enough credit but i get it he's a coach you're supposed to be aiming for perfection there and and i think he's going to but i think the biggest thing isn't even that between ariza and and, uh, stout isn't even statistical it's the holding experience that he showed at the senior bowl and 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 he may have had some holding experience during the, the season as well i think cook is a hall of fame holder in the same way that Tucker is a Hall of Fame kicker, and those two things are very related. And uh, that experience meant a great deal to the to the Ravens because I honestly think the reason Cooks held on to his job for this long is his his acumen as a holder. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, it's it's uh, it's his most important job as a Raven, even more important than punting. And and uh, if Tucker suffers at all uh, from from uh, uh, holding issues and, and we th- will not be completely visible to us. You know, he'll, he'll do, he'll do some holding. And if he fumbles the ball, well, we'll, we'll know that's not very cook like, or, you know, cook did not commonly do that. Um, if he's, if he's forced into other places where he has to pull the ball away from being kicked again, not good. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, the other things where the, where the ball is placed down and it's just not as well done as cook would have done it, or maybe not as quick. We won't know that. It won't. It won't be easy to detect that in in the normal flow of the game. Yeah, and and there's an NFL film special about holding, uh, which is wonderful, and I strongly encourage anybody to 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 go watch it. Uh, and one of the things they say there that I think speaks to why the Ravens are in a good position to make this work is the role of the veteran kicker to to be the coach to the punter on exactly how mm-hmm. they want the hold to happen. 
right? There, there's elements which are up to the puncher to perfect and sort of develop their style. But in terms of that exact placement and angle and all of those fine elements, it's up to the kicker to teach the puncher how to execute those things. Tucker's been in this league long enough. I think he's in a great position to do that. And, and did you happen to note uh, those uh, the practice notes where they were putting the GoPro on Stout's helmet so they could get a close-up picture of his hand technique in his holding? Hmm. I thought that was really innovative. No, and, and I, I think I see that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think it speaks to the emphasis the Ravens are putting on this. And, and, and not to, to cheat on, you know, our goals coming up, or, or, uh, but I honestly think that's the single biggest thing that the Ravens want from him, to become a proficient holder and to do it at something approaching Cut's level. Yeah, I, I agree. And if, if, if he's all the punter they expect him to be, but he fails as a holder, it will st- his, his roster spot actually probably ends up being in jeopardy. They can't have Tucker be any less than what he is or, or, you know, not materially less than what he is, um, you know, with a different holder. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it would. So, uh, all right. So let's see what else. Go, go ahead. Uh, so kind of, you know, just jumping in, I, I wanted to make one more kind of cook and, and um, stout comparison. And I think maybe we, you know, in our in our special about the wide receivers, we talked a little bit about how things are changing for young players in the sense they're picking positions earlier, they're getting positional coaching earlier. I wanted to note that I was able to dig up um, Cook's college career uh, average punting yards, which was forty four mm-hmm. back in two thousand six when he was drafted, and uh, Stout's net punting yards was 44, 44.5 actually. Isn't that mind boggling? That's a big difference. Cook's distance (laughs) pre-return. And and I don't necessarily think that means Stout is like, you know, a a vastly superior talent, but I think it speaks to the the amount of training and, and skill that these college punters have coming out now, that they're already so proficient. If uh, if you look at Sammy Baugh's career, I think he had years over 50 yards a punt, and it was forever ago. So the game was different, you know, when when he played. But I, I, I've got to look back at it to see what I have on his kicking career here, passing, kicking, punting. Yeah, he he, well, he did not have a year quite that. Yes, he did. He was 51.4 in 1940, and that was net uh, or average on 35 punts. Now that's his yards per punt, so it'd be the it'd be the average, it'd be the the gross. Gotcha. And then he he had two consecutive seasons over forty eight, the next two, and forty one and forty two. So a lot of the a lot of it is has to do with the game changing. True. And, the ball's changed at that. least twice since then, so that, that that's a factor. Too. Yeah, the ball would have something to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be it'd be interesting uh, to to see just you know how. How sophisticated was Washington in terms of their return teams uh, or the coverage units, I would say, back then? They might have just been ahead of the game in a lot of different ways. So uh, that, that might have prevented, you know, returns from being made as opposed to fair catches, say. But, but yeah, jumping into kind of the, the traits, kind of the, the specific skills that I think he needs to show up, holding is number one far and away. And, mm-hmm. and I think we've already kind of punched that home. Uh, as you said, if he doesn't do it, I don't think they're going to compromise Tucker to hold on to a fourth round pick. I 
think that's unlikely. I'm hoping for everyone's sake that that's, that's unlikely. Uh, but I also kind of want to look at one of the things I found in, in kind of learning about a little more about punting is that punting changes the further down the field you get in terms of the objective, the technique, uh, uh, that you, mm-hmm. and when you're in the short field, it's really about that fine placement. And I think we have reason to believe that Stout is already pretty good in that area, but Cook at least seems it to shows feel, up in all the stats. I, I mean, yeah. yes. But but I definitely want to see I want to see what we expect to see there. You know, I think we know he's a big leg. He can get distance um, where, you know, Stout as the puncher, I think, can really prove his mettle is when we're punting at the 25 or, or further and trying to pin people inside the, their, their, you know, 10, their five even. That that would I mean, in punting him in, that would be a terrific expectation of him for a 70 yard punt to punt inside the five or even a 65 yard punt, but he's, he's probably capable of it. And I'm not saying it'll never happen. It's just the kind of thing that, that uh, I hope people have some managed expectations for who Jordan Stout is uh, you know, that, that yeah, he does have a, a, a seemingly pretty big leg and he may get more of his kicks from longer down the field because of who the Ravens are on fourth down uh, that they, you know, Cross the cross the midfield stripe. You're more likely to want to go for it on fourth down, so you're less likely to punt from the 41 if you're a Ravens punter than if you're if you're punting for Mike Tomlin, who yep. has a lot of what the uh, are referred to as cowardly punts in the analytics community. Yeah, there's a great article that actually came out just this week by Football Outsiders looking at the Seahawks punter Dixon, uh, mm-hmm. who I I think is the best case scenario for first out. He was an all pro his first year, enormous leg, honestly, not as kind of a bigger leg probably, but not as fine tuned a punter as, as stout is. But, you know, they talked about how his uh, stats last year, or rather this previous season were depressed by the fact that the Seahawks offense wasn't very good and they were punting a lot close to the 50, just because of the nature of, of how Carroll likes to run his offenses. So would you like to jump into the actual expectations? Kind of, uh, uh, I, I, I have, uh, we had non-regress holding, good distance on long punts you mentioned, and the controlled punting is, is very important. One of the things I want to see as a goal is that Cook is able to transfer some of his specialized punting techniques. Because regardless of what you think about Cook as a, as a distance punter late in his career, he revolutionized punting in a lot of ways that are, that are maybe not visible to the normal fan. I mean, he, he, can, he has a lot of different deliveries. Uh, if he's going for spin, he can kick it one way. If he's going for distance, he can kick it one way. He's great at directional punting and very good at doing what punters are normally told not to do or, or do not do uh, at the NFL level, which is highly directional line drive punting. And it has its place depending on where you are on the field. And there's nobody better at it than Cook. It, it typically prevents returns or makes them be much less effective because uh, the ball has to be gone and towards one sideline, collected off the ground and returned, or or more than often it either goes out of bounds or is a, is a uh, is downed. Uh, but Cook was tremendous at that, and uh, and particularly as he even as he was in his 30s, he was still coming up with new methods to kick. Now, as a coach, I'm, I would be hopeful that uh, he could transfer a lot of that to Stout in terms of uh, his own um, 
differentiated punting mechanics and 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 how uh, uh, you know those could be a, could be uh, uh, handed down to a, a a new big leg. Yeah, I, I think over the next four years, I agree with you. I think in 2022, I want Stout to focus on the basics, and if he wants to like try to master one, you know, one uh, fancy punt, you know, the cook hook or or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and he tries it in the preseason, or maybe we have a blowout or two, and and you know, the the outcome doesn't matter. But I'll admit, I don't want him to get too fancy. You know, I want him to to, to focus on his placement and get used to the game. I, I think he can be plenty good and plenty effective uh, just just sort of sticking to the basics. Because, I mean, you have to remember how long Cook was in the league, how long he had to refine those punts. Um, you know, let, let, let's not put too much on Stout all at once, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't disagree in terms of setting managed expectations about how these things would be layered in. I think that's very reasonable, and 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 that's where you seem to be going with that. But um, I would say that we we have Cook for an unknown amount of time, hmm. and as a coach, I, I assume we have him at least through camp and maybe through all of twenty twenty two. It would be really nice to to have him through the end of the twenty two twenty three season because, you know, having him. I don't think there's a lot of um, substitution. Maybe Randy Brown is is good enough to to look at the at the film of how the ball is being you know rotated and uh, put in position as a holder. But we really need to get that down. It absolutely needs to be get down that. So the longer they have Cook available as a coach, the better. Uh, you know, I, I, part of me already hopes this is a multi year deal, or at least expected to be that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and and I'm optimistic because this isn't. Cook's, you know, first rodeo as a as a coach, although certainly as an NFL coach, mm-hmm. it is, and he enjoyed doing it with his kids. I, I, I don't know. I think there's a pretty good chance that he 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 decides that this is fun, <laughs> and that he, mm-hmm. he wants to do it more than one year. And and you know, if his press conference going out, and and any Ravens fan should watch that. I was bawling through parts of it. Uh, he loves this organization as much as anyone who's ever played for the Ravens. He loves this organization and, and wants it to be great. So I think there's a good chance we have him in the long term. Yeah, best not to take him for granted, but still. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I agree. I think that's uh, that's exciting. The Ravens have a very good record of bringing back their own players as coaches, which uh, just you know I love the fact that Anthony Levine is still in the organization. That Zach Orr is back now. Uh, you know the fact of of having Cook makes just all kinds of sense. Randy Brown may not be a face that all Ravens fans know, but he was the guy who was out on the field in 2012 uh, holding for the practice field goal from Tucker uh, that, that was that was largely derided by Denver fans, that they said, you know, what are you doing on the field? You're, you're not supposed to be there uh, you know, practicing between between overtime quarters, uh, practicing for that. that huge kick. Wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, I mean, they took one practice kick, and then the, and the officials waved him off the field. But they, uh, the, the officials basically responded after the game and said, "There's nothing to say they can do that, but there's also nothing to say they can't do that." This was the playoff game. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, this Mile High Miracle game. Okay. Yeah. Well, Lord knows Tucker made some clutch kicks in that game, so the practice clearly, you know, <laughs> did, did some good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about what a good and a great season is for uh, for uh, um, Stout. And I'll let you start with uh, with your description of a good season. I may add things. Okay. 
So, you know, I, for a lot of your, your, um, your, your overviews you've done, you've tried to shy away from stats, but I decided to throw a little bit in there. You know, I really want to see for a good season at, at least a 38 uh, net, uh, net punching average, which is going to make him about a top 16 player. And, and I think that's around where Cook was. Um, and I think if he I'm gets, sorry about, about is, that puts him about the median of the league. Is that what you're saying? Or, or top? Uh, so that puts him about the median. Yeah. 38. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I think Cook's had a couple of years where he's down around there. Um, and again, I think Stout's bigger leg is going to be an asset, especially, although I hope we're not punting too much towards the, you know, zero 25 yard mm-hmm. line. But I think league average is 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 good um but i think the biggest thing is the holding i i i think fine accuracy to some extent we're going to see the quality of his holding reflected in tucker's accuracy although there's plenty of other externalities there my big thing is no turnovers no outright not putting the ball down or the ball kind of leaking out in some direction and, and giving the opposing team an opportunity to get a hand on it or somebody having to snatch it up and run for their life. You know, none of that. I mean, that's, that's very reasonable. I, you know, there's so many different ways that a kick can go wrong. I, I would just leave it at a general qualitative statement as no material regression in Tucker's ability to get his uh, kicks off. Yeah, I like that way of putting it, that we're not necessarily going to kind of wonder about the accuracy or what impact it does or doesn't have, but at least the kick gets up in the air. I mean, I think that's a that's mm-hmm. a great way to to kind of address it. Do you think the Ravens would have uh, the fortitude, let's say, to try a, a fake with Stout this year? I mean, he's done it in college, but that you're asking a lot of things to, to go right with that kind of situation. Yeah, they have a very counterintuitive view of fakes. And and one of them is basically that um, it's good to put a fake on tape because most of the time when you're running a fake, particularly if it's just a simple pass to one of the one of your wide receivers on the play, um, you're not giving away a lot about how you do it, but you want to put the thought in the minds of your opponent so they don't get real good at setting up returns against you. So you're, you're, and, and, you know, they have to be concerned about how they cover the receivers and whatnot, which hopefully should give you some coverage opportunities uh, that, that are different, or at least have significantly less in the way of blocked punts accrue from that. So I think they've been good over the years of that. And if you remember back to when um, Cook ran it in for the 28th and 29th points in the, in the 35 to 7 win over the Steelers in 2011. Uh, people said, why the hell are you doing this this late in the game? And, you know, Harbaugh's answer was, we want to put it on tape. We want them to know that if they overload their defense, this is what we're going to do to them. So we want people, you know, basically having the same number of people on each side of the ball. And actually now rules have changed. You have to have similar numbers on each side of the ball. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't know that, actually. And and that makes a lot of sense. I, I would expect we are oh, – you know, now that you've said that, I would be a little surprised if we don't see it at least once in the preseason. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the kind of thing that yep. you, you would want to practice with close to live fire uh, in, in that period. So kind of jumping to great, um, I, I want to see a 42 plus, and, and we're definitely getting to rarefied air. That's like a top 10 
kind of player there. Uh, and actually, no, never mind. I, I, I looked at the wrong place. A 40 plus, which is around a top 10 player for most years in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see a few outstanding short field putts. I want to see something mm-hmm. where it gets either we get to down it inside of the 10, inside of the five, or, you know, the, the, the returner isn't ready and, and, and gets tackled, the ball comes loose. I want to see something outstanding in the short field that, that, that impacts the game on at least one occasion during the season. Okay, I, I have all qualitative ones again. So in terms of, of punting, I have uh, uh, maintains or close to maintenance of uh, college punting uh, field position stats, which means basically I want to see few touchbacks, lots of in-10s and lots of in-20s, and a good average starting field position that is justifies the selection effectively since it obviously went into that. Uh, in terms of holding... I want to see no material regression in Tucker's accuracy rate. So the first one was the prospect of him getting off the kicks. This one is a much higher standard. It's he's got to have no material regression in terms of accuracy. See, I, I would almost I, I, I had something similar to that, but I put it in exceptional. I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking that highly of Cook as a holder, but, but I think that's absolutely fair to kind of put that in, in, in the great category as well. And, and put it in context, though. I, I didn't have a third category, by the way. I had a good and a great. So ah, Okay. That's fair. Okay. So uh, the other thing I would throw in there is if he does his college you know, net punting average of 45, he's probably one of the best, if not the best punter in the league on any given year. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you usually don't only see one punter get close to 45, and a lot of years someone doesn't even get there. Uh, and he's probably a first-year All-Pro at that point. So uh, yeah, yeah. Per, he'd be a perennial, perennial Pro Bowl possibility, and a uh, it, it doesn't always. By the way, it doesn't always accrue to a young kicker, a young punter in year one. In fact, it often does not. But I, I, that's why I don't really care about the competition with other punters as much. I want him to be effective within, you know, relative to what the Ravens want out of him. Uh, if if he is, I'm confident that'll be a generally significant advantage over the league. But whether the Ravens are first or second or fourth in special teams, Defoe, I'll let that work on it, work itself out on its own. And that's where the pro, the all pro decisions may be made. That's fair, and and but but I'll say this: punting is crazy. We we've seen, you know. Uh, players like Tress Way get their first All Pro like seven years into their career when they haven't even sniffed it mm-hmm. before. We see players like Michael Dixon get it their first year in the league. Uh, you know, there, it's not outside the realm of possibility that it could happen. Uh, but yeah, like you, I just want them to win football games and, and whatever Stout can do to to kind of help in that. It, you know, I'm perfectly happy with. So I did do a third category. I threw a, a an all pro in there. I said if he he gets even close to his uh, net punting average from college, of, of that would be incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I think that pretty much sums up my expectations. I think we 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 have high expectations. We deserve to have high expectations considering that the Ravens have mm-hmm. taken this long to take another punter and with the kind of expectations our special teams has, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I am too. I, 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 the pick, 
you know, Peter King's embedded coverage did a good job of explaining why the, they thought it was important at that time to get the pick in and the fact that uh, camaraderie or whatever the name is, camaraderie uh, was that's how I uh, take it. Okay. It was taken just a few picks after him by Tampa as an indication that Stout was probably in jeopardy by that pick. Now, we, we don't also know how much the Ravens created a rush to the podium by taking the first putter. Yeah, that that that's also a like hidden factor in probably increasing the chance that a punter was taken at 133 by Tampa if they had only two guys on their board, say. But uh yeah, it's it's uh it's certainly they made sacrifices at key positions, in this case wide receiver to take a punter. And uh it's a real question uh whether it was the right move. Uh if he at some point has a career that's that's uh, 10 years plus with the Ravens, then I think the Ravens probably clearly made the right move in, yeah. in terms of the fourth round. Cook was certainly one of the great sixth round picks they've ever had. Well, well and I'll throw this out too, just, just because you mentioned, you know, the more of the draft positional element. Um, I think there is a good argument that this was a historical punting draft in the sense of two punters in the fourth you know, occasionally punters will make it into the thirds, although the last time that's happened is like almost 10 years ago. Every once in a while, they come go in the fourth, but two in the fourth hasn't happened in a very, very long time. And four drafted punters in one year, I don't think has ever happened before. So this, this there's, a, there's a good uh, argument this is a historic punting class, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Yeah, if, if to... If you if you go back, a total ca- a draft capital expended on punters has been significantly higher in the in past because there's been been some guys taken much higher towards the top of the draft. The second round pick of Tampa Bay, who was the kicker a few years ago, comes into comes to mind. But also, if you go back to the '70s, Ray Guy was taken. You had uh, uh, the the Raiders' longtime kicker. Um, but you, you're saying four yard field goal. I'm talking punters here. I'm being specific. You're, you're right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Ray Guy. Ray Guy is punter, obviously. And and uh, he was drafted in 73. And I think he was a first or second round pick. Wow. And then you, you, I mean, my point is only that the that it's been much higher. Russell Erksleben, I believe, was third overall. And he was a kicker slash punter. I'd have to look back at, at what year he was after, actually drafted. But maybe begins the IRX. I don't believe. Uh, maybe it doesn't. Uh, I will admit I right. did not I go will. beyond two th- the year two thousand when in in my my analysis. So I, I bow to your uh, superior knowledge beyond that point. Uh, okay, I haven't found it here, but uh, but I, but I wanted to wanted to talk about. It. But anyway, I it's uh, we've we've. I think we've done enough on Jordan. So we, we have a good and a great year. Let's move on and talk a little bit about Justin Tucker. And uh, obviously the most accurate kicker of all time. It's not really close anymore. Uh, what we have found is that a lot of the people who were chasing him, which were his contemporaries primarily uh, for a lot of reasons are dropping off in accuracy as their careers go on. Um, one thing I always say with regard to baseball statistics are, is there's a lot more 400 hitters in, in April than there are in September. Yeah, well, and and I think, and not to make everything about Stout, but I think we're going to have a really interesting thought experiment in terms of how much of Tucker's ability was Cook's ability, you know, Uh, and and hopefully we come to the conclusion it was all Tucker because that means Stout does a good job and, 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 you know, Tucker is able to do his thing. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of variability from year to year with Tucker, 
Um, there's, there's so much randomness in special teams in general, but yeah, I, I think we've come to expect uh, a year somewhere around 90%. I mean, he's gotten up to 96% of his field goals before. So if you kind of made me put down some goalposts, I would say good would be 90%, which is about you know as low as he goes. Uh, and then if you wanted to do two, I would set the top at 94, 96, thereabouts. Uh, I tried to think of some goals around kickoffs, but it was hard for me to, to you know, figure out uh, concrete goals to set around the kickoff game. That's uh, that's fair enough. And the Ravens have done some pooching, some not pooching to try and see how they can uh, uh, get starting field position. And that I think starting field position is the is the metric I would use. I know that he always shows up very well on DeVoa pretty much across the board in terms of the, the categories that they have for kicking. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. One of them being that just because Baltimore kicks outdoors, he's been disadvantaged for a lot of his career. They haven't, you know, he hasn't had a lot of indoor kicks. And when he does, when he's gone to Detroit, you know, he's had two 61-yard game or two 60, 61 and a, and a 66-yard game-winning field goal his last two trips there. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it makes a big difference to kick indoors. So do you think there's anything to this? I've, I've seen people say this, but I don't know to what extent it's based in reality. But, uh, you know, Stout has done place a little bit of place kicking. He's done some some extra points. He's his college uh, long is 67 yards for whatever that's worth, although different ball. It's worth noting. Um, so would you have stout relief Tucker of some of his, his kicking duties, the extra points, anything like that, or you'd stay the heck away from that and let Tucker do it. Tucker be great. Yeah, I'd stay, I'd stay the heck away from that. I think that's been answered in interviews this week is, is Tucker's really not at all interested in giving up his kickoff duties anytime soon, which would be the kickoff duties would be the first thing that he could give up on a, on an occasional basis. I think you're, you're actually losing live fire holding opportunities to have stout not holding on extra points. Well, that's so they're actually low leverage. Stout at that yeah. point. <laughs> it's just not worth yeah. it. I agree with you. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So it, it, I think we'll, I think we'll see it just continue. How about, how about, uh, you know, a, a guy like Tucker who basically holds every kicking record there is that's on a rate basis and will probably hold before he's done all the aggregate records. What do you have as a goal for him coming into a season? Because that's very difficult for players at their pinnacle to say what's a reasonable goal, even for a player like Tucker who will be incredibly now 33 years old in November. I mean, you talk to players, and and every player I've ever seen asks doesn't doesn't pin their hopes on specific seasonal statistics because so much of this game is randomness that's outside of their control. You know, they, they try to control the minutiae within each activity they do, each kick. You know, did I do the approach right? Did I swing my leg right? Did I make good contact? You know, because that, that's, that's how, I think that's where greatness comes from. And, you know, Cook himself, when they, people have, have interviewed him about his technique, and he, he talked about Super Bowl uh, in, in 2012, he said, you know, in the most high pressure moments in his life, he just focuses on the fundamentals and those rituals soothe him. So I think from Tucker's perspective, he's not putting, making goals like that at all. I think he's, he's focusing on sort of the, the, the ritual of each kick. But that, you know, I, I don't know that for certain, but based on the, the, the 
you know, words I've heard from other specialists, and I, I think that's probably how he's going about it. Uh, what goals would you put on? Yeah, I mean, I in terms of what you just said, I certainly agree that Tucker would, if he really wanted to get in it, he'd talk about the differentiation and kicking opportunities he's had. And just as the, the, the Ravens are less likely to punt from the 40-yard line, say, they're, they're also less likely to kick a field goal from the 20-yard line because of the increased touchdown opportunity they have on fourth down from converting. So a good example, the fourth and two play against Seattle. They didn't kick a field goal. They went for it. They scored a touchdown and they they never looked back. And that was an opportunity missed by Tucker on some some standpoint to, to have an easy opportunity. If you go through the distances, um, and this is where I think is interesting for Tucker, he's 83 of 83 between 29, 20 and 29 yards. So 100%. He's 95 of 98 from 30 to 39. That's That's 97%. From 40 to 49, okay, those are long field goals. That's, you know, Scott Norwood distance to, to fail here. Um, he, he made 90% of his kicks career, 100 of 111. It's only when you get to 50-plus that you start to get a few misses. And even from 50-plus in his career, Justin Tucker has made, and I want to get this right here, 48 of 66 kicks. That's almost 73% of his kicks he's made, even from 50-plus. That includes a bunch of really long ones from over 60 because they made a number of attempts from over 60 in his career uh, that, that wouldn't have a very high probability of, of of success, particularly when they're done outdoors. So it's very um, opportunity dependent how those kicks have been. And I think his record would hold up against anybody's at each of those individual distances. And he's had longer. And that's why you see one statistic quoted for Tucker is his longest average make and his longest average miss are both the longest in NFL history. I I like that, you know, because as you pointed out, his accuracy undersells his ability because he, he will get opportunities to try longer kicks than lesser kickers will, you know, and, and that should hurt his accuracy percentage. And the fact that it doesn't is why he's great. You know, it it has hurt his accuracy percentage. It it absolutely in in describe or without contradiction, without fear of contradiction, it has hurt his accuracy. I guess he's trying to say (laughs) he's a ninety five percent field goal kicker has been reduced to ninety one point one percent career by by all these long opportunities. Well, I think he would make that trade if you asked him. You know, I think he he loves the fact he gets those those long opportunities and. I don't know. Are we playing in Denver this year? You know, maybe he can go for a, a 67 yarder. Just push that that, that uh, record out just a little further. Yeah, there you go. Or, or indoors, maybe to get another one of similar distance. That just it was a the, that kick at Detroit is is something that I will never get tired of rewatching. I, every angle of that is something special. But I, the one I really love in particular is the one that looks at the end zone. And at the at the officials and through the end zone, you can see with great HD clarity all of the Lions fans and the jerseys they're wearing and whatnot. And you've got Ravens fans there too, and the difference in emotional reaction to the kick after it's after it's hit the bar. A lot of the Lions fans are jumping for joy because they think he missed, and and then the ball goes through, and you know they're all going into a crouch or whatever, and they can't believe it. It's it's just it's so great to watch that. 
Uh, you could do it over and over again. You could pick out different people in the stands who it's, who it's affecting. I think it's very fun. No, I, it's something about Detroit brings out the best in Tucker for sure. And, and, and I don't know. I, I think it almost adds to the poetry of it, that, that resonant tone, you know, the dong, just echoing through the whole stadium when it hits. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I could use with some more of that. And, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, we're, we're a good enough team that, that both Stout and uh, Tucker might not get the best opportunities. I don't think they care. I think they'd rather win football games just like every other player on the field at the end of the day. And one of the things that to, to, the Tucker's a little unusual in is while his contemporaries are dropping off as kickers, his accuracy has actually improved over his career. So his first four years, I don't have his exact accuracy, but I can tell you his field goal percentages are 90.9, which is right in line with his career, 92.7, a little better, and 85.3 and 82.5 in 14 and 15, which were the, the that was the, the trough, the nadir of his career. But then since then, 97.4, 91.9, 89.7, slight off year, 96.6, 89.7 again, and 94.6. Talking about 89.7%, which he's been twice at as an off year. That's an off year for Tucker. That ain't an off year for any other kicker. You, you got to wonder, because kicking, you know, the careers can be so long. And really, there's not that much physical wear and tear. I mean, how many times do you kick in a single game, kickoffs included? A dozen at most? Uh, so I don't know, is it a loss of flexibility, loss of muscle mass? Cause I, I think as much as anything, kicking is about attitude and about confidence. And, and I, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that Tucker brings to the table. Uh, just that, that innate self-belief. Yeah, that's, that's a, a, a fair thing. If you're, if you're, if you're talking about goals for this year or what's it, maybe just what's a good year and what's a great year for Tucker, what, where would you start? So, like I said, uh, you know, I think good starts at 89 uh, or 90. I, I, I think it's reasonable to expect that or better in any given year. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure whether to pin, you know, a great year to say, you know, a better completion percentage or longer distance. You know, I almost feel like I should pin a completion percentage and then describe an average length of attempt. But something to the effect of 94, 96%. And um, I'm not really sure where to peg the distance, but but longer kicks this year. Yeah, I would I would say since it is so opportunity dependent and so dependent on stout not screwing up. Yes. You know, whether it's whether it's thing, I just say uh, no no material uh, reduction in accuracy relative to distance would be a great at this point. He's got a new holder. He's got him, himself getting a year older and, you know, it's 32 to 33. So there have got to be physical differences. As, some, as someone who's gone through all those years and then some beyond it, I can tell you there's physical differences that occur year over year, regardless of whether you're an athlete or not. Uh, but but with uh, in terms of, of, of getting a year older and having a new punter, it's, it's a tough double. If, if there was ever a crossroads year for Tucker where I, I would be – not happy with a you know eighty two to eighty five percent result. Uh, I I still have to admit that it's a possibility given the, the the confluence of circumstances for this year. So what I'd say is a great year is he maintains his relative accuracy across the board, meaning relative to distance, um, uh, and that may or may not depending on the opportunities that they set him up for 
uh, result in as high a field goal percentage as his career level. That's fair. That's fair. And, and it'll be interesting to see if the Ravens' willingness to attempt long foot goal, you know, field goals you know, in long thirds and you know, fourths, whether they go for punts or, or uh, field goals in certain situations. I hope they stay aggressive because you know, that speaks to a confidence in, in the special teams team as a whole. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. With, with new pieces, particularly a new holder, I think just holding steady is a huge achievement. All right, maybe we don't need a good good year specifically for him, but actually I would I would take a little bit of a step back in terms of relative accuracy would be okay for me, uh, given, given the circumstances is what I'm telling you by saying great is is maintaining the the, the current level. Okay, so, so you're, uh, you're, you're good if I was to throw in, yeah, and my my other good is that uh, the Ravens are doing able to leverage their um, uh, outstanding kick coverage units which I hope they still have because, you know, they lost some key players like Miles Boykin, for example, from last year. Uh, but their outstanding kick coverage units um, are able to be maintained and, and they're able to pooch some and derive value from that strategy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think they're going to have a good special teams. I mean, they, they invested so heavily in the safety position and, and they've got some defensive backs. I think the, the part will be interesting, and you talk about it so often, is uh, are they going to have very many specialized special teams players? I think the hope is always that they don't, that, that we've got defensive contributors right. performing well there. You know, one of the things is you, you, you have a natural um, flow towards specialized uh, special teams players. And, you know, Anthony Levine he wasn't a specialized special teams player. He did play special teams, but he was a great dime back in 2018. And then they kept him around for three years after that, basically as he transitioned into being only a special teams captain. And it's still a very good special teams player, but no longer really a defensive contributor during those years. So it's it, it to me, there's a natural flow. And it, it, Tony Jefferson could be the next guy that maybe he can play quarter this year, or maybe he can do it next year. And then maybe he stays with the Ravens for four more years where he, he, he becomes less of a defensive force, less of a guy you can put on the field defensively or that you'd want to, and more of a guy you really want out there captaining your special teams because he's that good at it. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And, and you know, I think it's better to have a situation like his rather – well, I guess Levine happened late too because you also have players that transition mm-hmm. earlier in their careers, I feel like, and they become sort of a core special yeah. teamer year three, year four. I think it's better to have someone yeah. who is at least – had starting defensive experience at some point. So, you know, even if you prefer not to do so, you've got someone you can plug in and know isn't going to completely fall on their face. Great point, because a player like Christian Welch right now is very much at a crossroads in terms of whether he's a career special teams performer or a a guy who can play some inside linebacker for you. And and there are there are others like that. You know, Jordan Richards at, at one point was playing a lot in the defensive backfield at Atlanta. But when he came to the Ravens, that was never really a consideration. Justin Bethel, you know, made his transition at, at a certain point. And, uh, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it happens earlier and earlier. And there are a lot of guys happy to stay in the National Football League in years five plus who, you know, basically are happy making a vet men's salary to be a pure special teams player. Yeah, I mean, as they say, grown men play to 
paid to play a kid's game. They've spent their whole life working at this. They, they, they want to do it, even if they're, they're, they're not playing a prominent role. And more power to them, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Outstanding discussion, Caleb. Really appreciate having you on for this. I, I'm glad we could get you on one of these expectation shows, and it's one that you know aligns with your interest and and you know some of the research you've done. Uh, really, it might be worth going into a deeper show on how to analyze punters uh, that would go more into into the weeds of the advanced punting statistics and how those play out and and uh, how we could look at those. But this was a great uh, expectation show. Really appreciate you coming on and spending the time. Tell folks where they can talk football with you. Sure. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Maze of the Mind. Um, and uh, hopefully we get some good engagement from this one. I was uh, a little disappointed how, how, how little, uh, you know, I, I was expecting people going to be coming for me after that wide receiver episode. But, yeah. But I, I just saw a lot of nodding heads. But I don't know. You know, Ken, sometimes I feel like we, we give a little bit of confidence to a quiet faction on Twitter that that is, you know, <laughs> agrees with what the team is doing and, and, and thinks things are going to be okay, but kind of keep to themselves because there's all these people yelling that the sky is falling. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are that, and it's it doesn't have to be a large percentage of the people who say the sky is falling for that to be a very loud contingent. Uh, you know, they they feed off each other, even if they they're relatively small in numbers. I always said if you put out in a micro a microphone in the village square, and you you, you put up the question, "Is life fair?" Record you re- record your response here. You know, it's not the people who think life are fair that are going to take the time. To, to go over there and and uh, and waste it on uh, soapboxing about the, the fairness of life. So, uh, yeah, you'll you'll get a lot of people who won't. And and is life fair is actually a more meaningful question in our society than than uh, you know should the Ravens be using more plays involving running backs or wide receivers? You wouldn't. Know that's it not is life fair question. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. yes, but yeah, you wouldn't know it. All right. Other folks out there, um, if you want to do a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. We're looking for topics that we can go to in 25 to 30 minutes. There are guests we have where that's just not possible. We like to tell stories. We enjoy talking to each other. Caleb's among those that it takes longer to to get through pretty much any topic. Uh, I, I think we've been largely forgiven by the listeners for that, but I am always looking for those nice narrow topics that we can provide some shorter content to our listeners who would uh, prefer that sort of a format. Caleb, thanks again for coming on. Yep, and uh, thank you for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.